it's like two or three podcasts that kind of start that way. They like they don't even know they've started. Oh, this, it's been recording the whole time. Yeah, okay. Well, we have been. So everything you said about. Oh. Hey everybody, welcome back to Freepcast. My name is Rob Murray. I am your host. Freepcast is brought to you by the Free Press Media and is recorded at the KMSU studios on the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Um, apologies again for the long hiatus. Uh, as I always say um, during these breaks, uh, a lot of work gets in the way and that was the case this time too. But uh, hopefully, like I always say, we'll get back on track and keep these more regular. Um, our guest today is return guest Shane Frederick. He's the Free Press's um, hockey writer and a very, very good one. He's been doing this for 20 years uh, or so. Um, and in that time, he's uh, become, um, of all the people who have a beat at the Free Press, I don't um, think you'd find anybody who knows their subject matter more or better than uh, Shane does. He's, um, you know, I, I just love when he comes to my office, we can sit down and talk hockey for uh, probably longer than we should, but it's uh, it's one of my favorite topics. Um, and I love talking about hockey, which is why um, Shane is back. And this time we did something a little bit different. Uh, I wanted to, um, um, I, I, I sometimes think about things in a, in a weird way, and I, and I wanted to um, have Shane come on and, and help me with this uh, sort of a thought experiment. I wanted to go through uh, all the rosters of um, the Maverick hockey team over the past 20 years and um, find out, uh, do our picks of who the, who the best number one jersey was, number two, and so on and so forth. And uh, because there's a few of those uh, numbers that are really, really, really hard to pick. Some of them, as I found out, as you'll hear, I've never, I can't remember a thing about any of them, but in some cases um, it's really, really, difficult to find out who my favorite uh, Maverick hockey player is. So if you're a, a hockey fan, uh, buckle in. This is a long one. It goes about two hours. And if you're not a hockey fan, um, you, you won't offend me by just not listening to this one. This is all hockey, uh, an all hockey edition of Freepcast. Uh, but if you've been a fan of these guys, of this team, as I have for such a long time, um, you might find this conversation interesting. So without further ado, here is um, here's Shane Frederick. All right, so we got Shane Frederick here on the pod today. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Rob. How's your coffee? The coffee's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Some guests who come on Freepcast get coffee. Oh. Others do not. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm one of the ones who get coffee. Luckily, you were in the room when I thought about coffee. And yes. I could ask you, hey, do you want coffee tomorrow morning? Because I can totally do that. Um, so anyway, um, if, you've, if you're a regular listener of Freepcast, you know that we've had Shane on before. We talk about hockey which is one of my favorite topics. Uh, it's probably one of Shane's favorite topics, too, since he does get paid to do that it for is, the free press. It is my job. It is his job. Um, and every uh, every couple of days during hockey season, Shane and I sit down and we just <laughs> waste company time <laughs> talking about hockey. It's maybe, maybe it's not a waste for I Shane would, because he has to do it. It's, it's actually, I, I don't consider it a waste. I'm sure there are maybe others in the in the building who might see it as a waste but i th sometimes think it's it's good for me to bounce ideas off of people or because mm -hmm. you're a fan right mm -hmm. and so when you read my stuff and i hope other fans are reading my my work and so if you and i are talking 
about the hockey team and how they did the previous weekend or how they're doing throughout the course of the season. Um, sometimes just that conversation can spur ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, cause sometimes when you, as you know, um, just with what you cover with the arts or, you know, in previous, uh, uh, positions at the free press covering other things that you can kind of get in the weeds a little bit with what you're covering mm-hmm. and th- you know think that you have these ideas or and you don't necessarily realize what other people are thinking around you um so i just think it's i think it's good to have those conversations go oh, okay this is kind of where a fan's kind of thinking right now or going and maybe that would spur an idea or even just a couple questions or just you know just things to keep in mind as the season goes on it's good to have a guy who can scream at you, why, why the hell is Judding still the coach of this team? <laughs> of course, you haven't had to do that for eight years. So uh, if you're still saying that, then I think it's time to seek uh, some help. I may have said that once or twice back in the day. All the respect to Troy. I, I don't think you were alone in that. All the re- I'm not, um, it was just a, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know what, it's funny, I, you know, um, I look back at those times when, when there certainly was kind of a... Uh, a bit of an outcry. Uh, things hadn't been going well for a couple of years. They had, um, you know, the league was changing. That all that all those announcements came uh, from the NCHC, the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and I think people really wanted big changes here. Um, certainly, the kind that they got. I don't know if uh, they expected to, what happened to happen with with what Mike Hastings has done here and and really what's happened with you know the facility improvements and everything else that goes along with um, what they needed and you know what kind of the standards were in college hockey um, but after uh, Troy was let go then suddenly I started to get people not defending him so much as kind of going oh I didn't realize his overall record was you know wasn't horrible like it wasn't that bad uh, compared, you know, considering, you know, where they were, how they compared to, you know, the WCH at the time that had North Dakota, Minnesota, Denver, um, you know, Wisconsin won a national title. All those teams won national titles um, in in that first stretch there. <laughs> Minnesota Duluth um, got to the Frozen Four. Uh, they've obviously since won national titles, um, and the people are like, oh, maybe, maybe Minnesota State did all right maybe they did as a, you know what they were expected to do for the most part uh, I think there were some disappointing seasons in there but <laughs> I just think you know it's just it's just how fans are uh, I've done the same thing as a Green Bay Packers fan go they got to get rid of their defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and then they fire a guy and I kind of start feeling bad <laughs> like oh you know guy's got a family <laughs> People <laughs> want a winner, though, man. They want to come oh, yeah. on and see you. They want to see their team win. Hundred percent, and that's what the business is. I mean, that's what the mm-hmm. business of of uh, coaching at the big time collegiate level, big time professional level. Um, you know, you've heard the cliche from a number of coaches who say, you know, you get hired to get fired. Yeah. Well, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> well. Kinda. <laughs> so, how long have you been covering this team, Shane? You're this going on is my twentieth season. Oh my gosh, covering the Mavericks, which I never would have anticipated back in 2000 when I was uh, 28 years old, and we moved to Mankato and got to cover a Division One hockey team, and um, had a young family mm-hmm. at the time. So. Uh, yeah, twenty seasons covering the same team. I don't. So I'm sure the company got you a nice gift for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of longevity and dedication to the 
to the newspaper. Yeah. I'm going to get talked to you for this one. But <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can it's edit fine. that in um, post. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> as they say, um, to use the lingo. So the reason I ask you that question is not to point out you've been here 20 years, but to ask you, um, where do you think this team stacks up uh, to the, this is the, the 20th iteration of the Maverick hockey team that mm-hmm. you've looked at. Um, where do you rank them? The current team? Yeah. They're probably the most complete team of of all of them as far as, you know, everything that they do. Uh, and, you know, they kind of went into that se- this season that kind of, that way with their a veteran team. They're deep up front. Um, they have veteran defensemen. Their defensive core hasn't changed much at all. The goaltender has been fantastic, Dryden McKay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few years ago, the team that uh, was number one in the country going into the NCAA tournament was really good too. I mean, that was that. That's a close. That's probably a close second. This one just feels like. I don't know. This just. Uh, this one feels more <laughs> like a machine <laughs> in some ways. I think that there's just more. Um, there's a determination there too by by this group um, that expects uh, to be in the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. That uh, team from was it fourteen fifteen? Uh, I got to make sure I get some of those blend together. Some of the years blend together. But that team um, that ended up losing in the first round to RIT oh. uh, hashtag Palmquist was pushed. Nice. Um, <laughs> that that team. <laughs> it was. I just remember when they became number one go, uh, in the pairwise after the WCHA tournament, and I kind of thought, oh my gosh, they're. They're going and they're going to the NCAA tournament number one in the country. Like, even I was kind of shaken by that. Like, that wasn't expected at all. This team feels like there are expectations. There are um, expectations that they're living up to. Um, can they win a national championship? I mean, they're certainly capable. Um, I think getting to the Frozen Four for them has to be the um, the goal. But obviously, as we've seen. Uh, thing is in hockey there's a reason they play a seven game series in the nhl a reason they play um even the junior leagues play best of three but you get into a one and done situation strange things can happen and they're you know that's what they're going to have to go into the ncaa tournament with the mentality of you know how do you prevent an upset you have to play at your at your top level you know every game Mm -hmm. you can't afford to fall behind you can't afford to take penalties uh that sort of thing so you know long answer to your question but i just feel like this has been um the best one and i have not i probably should go through 20 years of like what were the best teams and who were the best players because um and we're going to kind of do a little of that obviously but um coming up but best teams um you know a lot of them are the last few years under Mike Hastings because they've been they've won WCHA championships, they've mm. won playoff titles, they've gone to NCAA tournaments. One of my questions coming up for you is going to be, um, it, as you already mentioned, th- this looks to me, and I'm and you know just a fan, I'm not as uh, looking at this as um, maybe as critically as you have to do, but it's it, it does seem to me like they're one of the most balanced teams that I have ever seen, and. As a fan, watching those those teams um, get so close and be really good, like that team that was ranked number one, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was a number one ranked team. This one feels different. If they were to suddenly be the number one team in the country, I would say, okay. 
that, and the, that and makes sense to me because I've, what I've seen this year is kind of kind of extraordinary. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they've had a, a ten game winning streak, an eight game winning streak. Um, you know, they've had a couple strange losses. They've had a couple. You know, you can't expect to go to, through a season undefeated. So I think sometimes those losses have been good resets for them. Mm-hmm. I think the St. Cloud State loss at the Mariucci Classic, seven to two, yeah. where everything went wrong. Um, you know that that one was kind of a wart on the on the schedule, but uh, or on their you know list of games. But I, you know, they they seem to bounce back just fine from it, and I think I think that they're. I would agree with you. I just, I look at the last, whatever it's been, seven games since Mark Michaelis has been hurt, and Mark Michaelis is their best player. And going into the game in which he got hurt, he was playing as well as anybody. And I thought, holy cow, this guy could win the Hobie Baker. Uh, and then he gets hurt, and he's been out, and they've kind of survived without him. Um, they need him. Don't get me wrong. I think they need him for the postseason. They need him on their power play. Uh, you need your best players to be their, the best players going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've survived without him because of their depth, and they've had to do different things. And part of it is that they're a real veteran team. Um, you and I were talking about this in the office the other day about just the number of uh, players who are not going to be on this team next year mm-hmm. because they're you know they're seniors. Uh, or in the case of Connor Mackey, a, a junior who's likely to sign um, an NHL contract. I mean, holy cow! I mean, they're going to look so different next year. So when you see that, and they're all players who played on that team last year that was up three nothing against Providence. Uh, I think there's a there's an attitude and a determination there from that group on down that, hey, we can, you know, w- we we have some pretty lofty expectations here, and that's to play deep into March, if not April. And the sting of that loss, we were going to, this was one of my later questions, but the sting of that loss has to, that that will help them this year. Well, it certainly will motivate them. You know, we'll see if it actually helps them, you know, in a game. We'll see if it helps them in an NCAA game. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I mean, there's so much parity in the NH, in, in the, in the, in college hockey that you look up and down the pairwise rankings and you start to do the math and compare, like, okay, if you're going to be, if you go into the, if you go in as the number two seed, um, you know, who could you play in the first round? And, I mean, I'll just pull up the pairwise right now. They're number two. Uh, number 15 is Ohio State. Well, Ohio State's been pretty good this year. Um, you're not going to play a slouch necessarily uh, in the first round. Now, there's a couple conferences that um, are going to have uh, automatic bids that are going to get in there and maybe knock out the 16th pairwise and mm-hmm. the 15th pairwise. Uh, certainly the 16th for sure. Um, and so, you you know, th- those factors are going to go into it as well. But Is yeah. Ohio State still coached by Steve Rollick? Yep. Who, yep. I, who I went to grade school with. Yeah, yeah, Steve <laughs> Rollick. I, I did a, a freelance thing. I interviewed him a year ago, I think. I really, really enjoyed talking to him. He's I'm, also a former Badger. Former Badger, um, assistant at UMD assistant at Ohio State. He's bounced around a little bit, but he's done a really good job at Ohio State. Smart guy. Uh, okay, so who has surprised you the most this year offensively? Surprised me the most offensively? That's a good question. Or um, have there been any surprises? <laughs> Maybe it's all gone according to what you thought it would go to. Well, 
I have to go back and remember what I was thinking when the season started. But uh, um, I was surprised that their freshmen have made the kind of impact that they've made just because, you know, going. I knew that uh, Nathan Smith and Lucas Souter would probably be getting a lot of chances to play. But if you looked at last year's, if you go to last year's lineup going into the NCAA tournament, they only lo- lost one forward, and that was Max Coda. And he's uh, so there's one spot to fill. So somebody else was gonna, you know, lose their position or lose their everyday position. And um, so I wasn't sure. Um, certainly, knowing that um, there was a lot of talent there with those two players, that they were gonna get chances, and somebody was gonna get knocked out. So I guess maybe that's probably my um, surprise that they've been so impactful, just because I didn't know. Uh, who would get that kind of um, who would get that kind of uh, playing time uh, as far as the new players go um, and then you know looking up and down there's just been such balance which has been uh, the biggest thing I mean I got you know Mark Michaelis who, who's been out for seven games he has 16 goals Parker Toomey's got 11 goals no surprise there Charlie Gerrard's got 12 goals um, Reggie Lutz has 10 goals Jared Spooner has nine. There's just been such, it's just been a balance uh, throughout. Um, so I, I wouldn't, uh, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players with 20 points or more, seven or eight, I guess it is. I mean, I mean, there's teams that would kill for that, good teams that would kill for that. Mm. And it makes them hard to play against because you can get scoring from all over the place. And, uh, okay, you want to shut down the top line? All right, pick your poison with somebody else. And then Jake Jaremko comes back, and he's healthy now. Um, that helps them as well. I mean, Jake Jaremko has missed – he missed six games, and he's missed six or eight games earlier in the year. Um, he was sick early and had a upper body injury um, this past stretch, and he's back now, and um, you know, he's got 12 points in 18 games. I mean, that's – doesn't seem like a lot, but it's only 18 games, and if he's 100% going the rest of the way, he'll be a real factor. Um, let me ask you about uh, Dryden McKay, who's, whose first name is no accident, correct? Didn't correct. You, didn't you do a story about that? Yeah. When he was being his dad or? was a goaltender. I think his dad played a couple NHL games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, and uh, named, so his, was, yeah, na- yeah. named his son after you know one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, Ken Dryden. Um, who my favorite one of my favorite hockey trivia questions is or trivia pieces of trivia is that you know Ken Dryden gets called up late in the year he leads the Canadians to a Stanley Cup and then the next season wins rookie of the year because <laughs> <laughs> he was still eligible for rookie of the year because he only played a couple of games yeah I don't remember how many played before that before the playoffs I mean he, he ended up being their main goalie throughout the playoffs um, that first year and then they won the cup. I mean, he had he had a, he had some pretty good talent around him. By the way, those yeah, those nineteen right. seventies uh, right. Montreal Canadiens teams right. were were pretty good, stacked. Yeah, as they say, as they say. So uh, Dryden McKay's numbers are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you: uh, Is he as good as the numbers show, 
or are they helped a little bit because the team is so good defensively? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Great goalie, and not taking yep. anything away from Dryden. Yep. I, I just I, the the point more is how good the team is defensively. If you look back over the last over the years under Mike Hastings, they've almost um, continually led the conference in goals against average, and if your goaltender has the lowest goals against average, you win the goaltending championship. Now, most people who follow hockey would say goals against average is not the best um, statistic to rate a goalie. You know, save percentage is more important. There are some advanced stats and people that look at, they break down the where the shots are coming from and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, they've had goalies who have won the goaltending championship in the league and then they've ended up as a second team uh, all WCHA guy or a third team all WCHA guy because there have been other goaltenders who have um, you know put up better numbers and who have been relied on more so uh, than maybe some of the MSU guys have and that's not to take away uh, anything from the great seasons that Stefan Williams had, the great seasons that uh, Cole Huggins had, uh, the great season Connor LeCouvier had a couple years ago. Um, the goaltending still has to be really good, um, and any coach will tell you that. No one's had a save percentage, um, which is right, almost 940 right now. Uh, McKay was really good on Saturday night against Northern Michigan. 22 save shutout, had to be good. Um He's got 25 wins. He's got eight shutouts. He's got 12 career shutouts. I think he's legit. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I think you just can't. I I just don't. Uh, he is definitely helped by the fact that this team uh, possesses pucks, um, doesn't allow a lot of shots, you know, has a goal of, I think, usually keeping shots under 20, 21 a game, and most of the time, does that um they block shots in front of them i mean mike hastings demands that they don't let shots get to him don't let shots get to your goalie um so they block shots penalty kill you and i you and i talked about that the other day nick rivera i mean he sacrifices he's he's amazing between the penalty kill and late in Both the game when they're trying to preserve like a one or two goal lead i mean they are they are doing the dirty work out there and um they're a lot braver than i am putting their bodies in front of pucks it's crazy so but so i just think it's all combined Mm -hmm. um but i think when you're um 32 games into the season and you've played in all but one or started all but two you've uh Really, you've and you're still batting nine forty, and your goals against is, I guess it's one point three seven at the moment. You're, you're pretty good. So does a guy? Is it just a just a matter of time before he he leaves? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, he's five eleven, so you know. Which is you're saying you, short for a goaltender? Well, if you look at the NHL, in the, in they, the NHL? it seems like they're bigger, but um, doesn't mean I don't think he won't get a chance and he might um i don't know if it's this year next year after he graduates um to me he kind of has the look of a four-year college goalie and if that's the case i mean that's that's that bodes well for msu for the next couple of years 
Especially if they're losing a lot of people. Yeah, like I mean, year. it's going to be, there's going to be, um, there will be more on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Going forward. For I sure. mean, and that's the thing with him. If you look at his stats going back to junior hockey, he um, played, I think it was for the Madison uh, team in the USHL, uh, and they were not very good defensively. His save percentage was off the charts for, he saw, and he saw a lot of shots by, like, by a pretty large margin compared to the second guy in the league so played a lot so he's used to playing a lot used to seeing a lot of shots um i think it's been a little bit different for him the last couple years compared to the previous two seasons just having you know a team in front of him that doesn't let a lot of pucks get get to him so let me ask you about this weekend's uh this last this past series against northern michigan um I think we talked in my office the other day. I, I thought the score Saturday didn't quite reflect how, how close the game was and how good the game was. It felt, both those games felt pretty tight. Mm-hmm. How different is that series with Mark Michaelis back in the lineup? Well, it's hard to say. I, I mean, because I think Northern Michigan's really good. I mean, I think that's a, they're, you know, they're third in the league. And since beating MSU um, back in December, they split a series up in Marquette. I think they'd only lost one game, and so I fully expected, especially with Michaelis out, um, that this would probably be another split just because I think Northern had been playing that well. And MSU, uh, I think you're right. They kind of pulled away at the, at the end of that uh, game on Friday. Uh, they scored three goals in the third period, and um, you know, but it was it was four to two after two, and. Um, Really, you know, all it took, for, you know, Northern Michigan's got the top goal scorer in the country. Um, we got one of the better defensemen in the um, in the league. I really thought that uh, that was a tight game. And then all of a sudden it's 7-3, to three and I went like, oh, that was kind of a blowout. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they scored two, two goals in the last five minutes or so. Um, you know, the last power play goal kind of um, – you know, you can call it a garbage time goal or whatever it was, but you know, I mean, they scored it, and Jared Spooner scored it, and he he's getting a little, he's getting some juice right now. And then you look at, uh, you know, maybe with Michaelis, um, maybe that's not a one nothing game on on Saturday. Maybe that's a a little, you know, maybe they maybe they win that one a little, um, have a little bit more of a cushion there. But but I don't know. Um, I think with Michaelis, I think their power play is going to be better. Um, and But it's so hard to know. <laughs> it's so hard to know. Um, but he's good. I mean, he was he was playing so well before getting hurt, as I said before. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what his stats were, but he was um, – there was like a stretch there from like that St. Cloud game on that he was – that like he cranked it up a notch. I don't know if that St. Cloud State game kind of – inspired him or what but it uh, he was taking things to a different level there so just so uh if anyone's uh, listening and they might not be quite the hockey followers that you know you obviously are and i am and if they're still listening at this point and that's the case that's that's a, then that a very bodes good well point. for what we're talking about that's a very good point and <laughs> the tournament odds that they if they lost every game from now until the end of the season um, do they not get in? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't. Well, one, it's not going to happen. I think the one thing that would happen is that, that would mean they would lose two games to Alabama Huntsville, which is one of the 
bottom team is the last team in the pairwise, I believe. Um, that would really they might make the NCAA tournament, but they will probably hurt their um, definitely hurt their their pairwise. So number. they're going to be in for it. I maybe. think so. Yeah. I you know I don't. Barring um, some, there are other people out America. there on the in in the Twitterverse who are pairwise experts, and I try to at least be knowledgeable enough to understand how the pairwise works, and try to correct people who argue with me that it works a different way. <laughs> but as far as like breaking down all the numbers and and that sort of thing, I you know to so if your scenario were to happen, they would lose twice to Huntsville, they would lose twice to Bemidji. They would then probably not win the conference championship, and then they would have a tougher game, tougher series, the first series of the WCHA tournament. They'd lose those two games in the first round at home to, like, Lake Superior State, let's say. Um, yeah, they don't want this. To, I don't think they want this scenario to happen. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so what what do you think are the chances that Mike Hastings gets this monkey off his back? Well, I think, I mean, I think. The, I think they're really good. I yeah. Think it's I mean, this year. again, we, strange things. And the happened. monkey off his back is they've never, it, they've never won a game in the NCAA tournament. Correct. As a Division One program. Right. right. Um, and Judding went there once. Hastings has been there now, was it five times, I believe? Um, but weird things have happened almost every year. The first year they were kind of outmatched a little bit by Miami. They made it close for a while. They made some mistakes. They lost to a better team. Uh, the year after that they lost uh, to UMass Lowell um, in Massachusetts. Lowell, uh, that that game was a one nothing game until the last 10 seconds or so, um, or the last minute, I guess it was, uh, and ended up being 2-1, to one, but it was um, – Lowell got an empty netter to make it two nothing, and then MSU scored with ten seconds left. Um, and you know Cole Huggins played great in that game, as did the Lowell goaltender Hellebuck, who's the Winnipeg Jets goaltender right now. He's really good. Um, you know, then they go to you know break these all down. So that was that was Lowell, and then they had the RIT loss, which was. Um, that shouldn't have happened. They should have scored more in that game, but there was obviously the weird uh, goal with that was waved off on the ice and then awarded after a review. There was UMD, which, you know, they were up in that game 2 nothing. They let UMD back in it. UMD ties it up, goes to overtime. UMD gets a goal waved off in overtime, thinking, okay, now things are going to fall in there. Uh, their favor, Nick Rivera fires a puck at an open net, and his teammate Brad McClure is in there, hits him off the back end, and doesn't go in, <laughs> in the net. UMD goes down and scores to win, um, and then UMD goes on and to win the national the championship. Yeah. Um, then there was last year, you know, at, at Providence and having a lead and seeing that you know lead just kind of wither away and. Um, I, that was that was weird. I think everyone, and maybe they thought too, finally, and now they know. Now they know if you only get up three nothing, that's still not enough. You better find a way to stay out of the penalty box, 
not let a really good power play score, whatever it might be. And people say, well, they played at Providence and that wasn't fair and this and that. I get it, but, you know, I don't know if that's what they're complaining about. I think they're more worried that they they gave up four power play goals in that game mm-hmm. and um, took a major penalty in the third period and, you know, kind of let that really unravel and get away from them. Hmm. Well, I for one think it's going to happen. So, yeah, so uh, saying all those weird things have happened to them, something's bound to change. I mean, whether it's the way they play and hold a lead and um, play with a certain determination or whether it's the way, you know, or getting that puck luck that, as you know, as a former hockey player, you you talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a funny game. I mean, generally luck favors the better teams almost always, but... It's a weird game with a very small rubber disc that goes flying around and bounces off sticks and skates and bodies. And it's, oh, you know, strange things can happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully the strange thing that happens this year is they finally win their first game and and hopefully go on to the Frozen Four, which is where this year? Detroit Rock City. <laughs> At the, at the new arena there, at the brand new, uh, I think it's the Little Caesars Arena. Pizza, pizza. Is that where the Red Wings play? Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to say about the current Maverick team before we get down to this? No, weird, I don't. I, I, think do. that's, I think that's pretty good. I, okay. think, uh, <clears throat> I think we got it. All right. So the next part of our discussion here um, is a, a little weird, but it's this thing that I've wanted to do for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, I thought it'd be fun to go back, take all the rosters that go back to how far do they go back? Two thousand one, two thousand. The ones online that I could find go back to the ninety nine two thousand season, which would be the first year MSU was in the WCHA. That's what we're considering. Everybody uh, knows. Yes, years. and then I started covering the team the second year. So, so we've taken all those rosters, correct, and we've broken them down by all the guys who have worn jersey number one, <laughs> right. jersey number two, jersey number three. And we're going to go through all these numbers and try to come up with who we think is the best number one, the best number two, the best number three, all the way through. This is such a sports nerd thing, and I kind of love it. Sports and I've seen there are books. There are books out there. Um, uh, someone did a book on all, like, they took all of the major sports and went by number. And that included, like, NASCAR drivers, hockey oh, really? players, NFL players. So, you know, you get to number four and you go like, well, is it Brett Favre? Is it Bobby Orr? Is it, you know. That's a good question. Who was the best 99? I think it was pretty much, (laughs) I think it was Wayne Gretzky. Might have been. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. um, Although George Mikan, I believe, wore number 99. I couldn't tell you any other sport. From the Minneapolis Lakers. Who wore 99. So what I want to say, though, I have a major caveat. Um, no disrespect is meant to anybody. If you have made it to a Division One hockey program, you have. This has been your life. You've worked your ass off. You you made it. Your parents made sacrifices your whole life. This is a major thing to have gotten here. So any, I mean, it's not like if we choose somebody, the other ones are oh right shitty right, players. Right, right. Everybody's amazing. They've all done great work. Um, <laughs> so that's that's my caveat for that. Um, and the criteria, I tried to come up with some criteria, and I really couldn't come up with anything that would do anything but make this go longer than it probably yeah, should. There's a lot of numbers. 
So I thought we could just jump in and just try to – who would you want on your team of these guys? Yeah. If you're trying to put together – and I hope we've gotten possible. everybody. I hope I didn't miss anybody. I was kind of doing this late night one night, trying to go through every roster. And when you were going through the college hockey stats, that's the one I use. And you so. trust that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I think it's um, at least at some point it became official. Like all the okay. all the teams have to submit their rosters, their stats. Uh, it all goes to, to college hockey stats, or it goes somewhere, and it's all aggregated from that site to other sites and that sort of thing. So I think for the most part, yeah, it's okay. It's pretty accurate. So some of these are going to be um, really easy yep. and some are going to be hard. Yep. Um, and some, there's the entire list. I have never heard of these sure. guys. Um, I mean, I followed the team for a long time, but there, there's not everybody plays every night and not everybody makes an impression on every mm-hmm. fan. So there's a few numbers here where I, I just don't remember these guys. Yeah. Anyway, let's just jump in with number one. And I'll read the names off, and then you can kind of give me who you picked, okay. and I'll tell you who I picked. So all right. for number one, these are all goaltenders. Yes. I'm assuming. Okay. Eric Pateman, former student of mine, by the way. Oh, really? Chris Clark, sure. Mike Zacharias, Austin Lee, Evan Foss, and Jackson Stauber. Well, Foss and Stauber are this year's team. Stauber played one game and left the team. Foss is a uh, high school you know, played high school hockey last year, and they were. I just did a story on him. They He's just, that dude. They just brought yeah, in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this is tough as far as I mean. Eric Pateman was really important to the early yes uh, success of this team uh, in the WCHA. Uh, his uh, 99-2000 season, I believe, was really good. I mm-hmm. think they upset Wisconsin, uh, and um, in in Mankato. Um, but I pick Mike Zacharias. I, I think his run, uh, pretty much being a starter for three seasons, was was really good. I think he. I keep thinking if he had the kind of defensive play in front of him that the current team has, um, that he he'd be a super. He would have been a superstar yeah. uh, college hockey goaltender. Um, underrated puck handler. Played around the same time as uh, Alex Stalock, who t- continues to get crazy credit for the way he handles pucks, and he's amazing at it. But I always thought Mike Zacharias was was as good at it. Okay. Um, just, um, you know, I don't. I probably can't get go too deep on any of these, or we'll be yeah, here forever. We'll be here but I, that's who I'd pick. All right. I would go with him too, and I, I always when I think of him, I always think of I, I won't name the coach who said this, but there was a coach on the team who you relayed saying to me that he was not in more colorful language saying he was not going to be the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he must have had that was before he got here and I think there was um I think they were a little worried. I mean, he but must then, have had some a bad he must have struggled as a in a, as a junior player cuz they brought in Zacharias and uh Dan Tormey at the same time and Tormey ended up winning the job as a freshman. Tormey will get to at number 49. Well, we could probably just get that out of the way because I believe he's the only player to wear number 49. He is. so <laughs> Also a handsome fellow, from what I understand. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I saw – I get my haircut at Liv's salon, and I was, I was walking in one day, and he was walking out. Looking good. <laughs> number two, Andy Fermoil, Brent Cummings, Nick Canzanello – Josh Nelson, Connor Mackey. Yeah, I'm going with Mackey. This one seems pretty easy. Yeah, to me. Uh, Josh Nelson. He's a stud. Was back solid. 
Andy Firmoyle was really good back in the day, um, before my time. Um, he was way back. Yeah, I mean, I think that was his senior. Ninety nine, two thousand might have been his senior year. Yeah, uh, I don't think he played the year I was here. Yeah, Connor Mackey's just you know he's going to go down as one of their better uh, defensemen. I think. Um, you know, describe what he did the other night on that. Back, oh yeah, now, he, so, no, he's a big defenseman. Yep, skates really well though, and um, shot the puck. Got this shot blocked by little five foot nine. Griffin Lofgren, who's the top goal scorer in the country, and he took off on a breakaway with about 10 seconds left in the first period uh, against Northern Michigan. And Mackey chased him down and lifted his stick and took the puck away before the kid could even a shot off on the breakaway. And, I mean, just the fact that he caught him, because it's just so hard. You've, you've seen enough hockey to know, like, guy shoots a puck, gets it blocked, and it goes out to the neutral zone, and there goes a forward the other way to go get it. He's got to turn around and go chase yeah. a very fast player. Yeah. yeah, I thought. I mean, it was subtle, but I thought it was one of the most amazing things. I've Actually, seen I'm not even sure if he's here. I, I, I'd like to. I, I need to see the replay again because now, now that I say that, I'm, I'm maybe not even sure if he did lift the stick. He may have just like reached in there and I think he just pulled came the puck away, picked his pocket. Yeah, it was impressive. It was really something. All right, so we got Connor Mackey at three. We have Aaron Forsyth, Cameron Cooper. Blake Thompson, Jack McNeely. Um, you know, I, I know some of my answers are going to, doing this are going to be, you know, I'm closer to it now because they're current players, but McNeely's been really good the last two seasons. You know, he's Connor Mackey's defensive partner. He's really improved a lot. Um, I was actually surprised going through this that there weren't more number threes um, that I could find. Cameron Cooper was... Um, a really solid player did a lot for them, so I'd probably put him a close second. Um, Forsyth was was good back in the day, you know. He re- he comes from a time when he came, I think, straight out of high school. I don't think he played junior hockey, uh, but interesting. Aaron Forsyth was uh, CJ CJ Franklin's uh, uh, high school coach for a couple of years, uh, and then ended up being the athletic director at Forest Lake. Yeah. Um, so. Pretty close. I don't think there's anyone winning this going away. I'm just kind of going with the. They've been so good defensively the last couple of years that it's hard not to pick guys who are playing right now. Uh, so I'm going with Jack McNeely. I went with him too, and this is one of those where I literally have no memory of the other guys in this category. Uh, Blake Thompson was a transfer, uh, I believe, from Minnesota. Um, okay. Everybody, I think they. I don't think he ever really like got a, a real strong foothold uh, as okay. far as being a um, a top a top four defenseman. Um, so yeah, I, and again, I you know I and I didn't some of this is off the top of my head. I didn't uh, go through and break down all the all this all the statistical information. So, yeah. but that's that's where I'm going with uh, right now. All right, wearing jersey number four, we have <laughs> Lucas Franzen, Brian Kilberg. Nick Buchanan, Clint Lewis, and Andy Carroll. And Andy Carroll is the current player. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Okay. Um, this is hard. Like, Lucas Franson played four years and um, I believe four years and scored some big goals. He was involved in that fight up at North Dakota. Um, <laughs> I This one was hard for me because I feel like this is uh, – uh, you know, Brian Kilberg, this is like the third number he wore, so I'm kind of 
torn on, you know, do I pick him? I, so I just kind of, maybe I copped out here and went with Andy Carroll because <laughs> this year's team is so good defensively. And he's had a really good year, but it's been one really good year because he didn't play as much last season. So I'm uh, I'm going with him, but this is another really close one. I'm going to go with Franzen. Okay, that's fair. I think that's totally fine. Um yeah. All right. Okay. Moving, Moving on. on. Number five. Jersey number five. Ben Christofferson. Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, he was uh, one of the captains, I believe. Uh, my first year covered the team, a senior. Pretty, Kyle, good. Pretty good. Kyle Pito, another former student of mine. Ben Yowds, Carter Foguth, and Jake Jeremko. That's a pretty good crew. Um, they yes. all have had significant um, play. Uh, I'm going with Ben Yowds. I'm sticking with the defenseman here. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have been the best defenseman that of the Troy Judding era, mm-hmm. uh, as far as a pure defenseman, true, two way, true, yeah, yeah, um, yeah true defenseman. Uh, you know, um, we'll get to another guy uh, who's kind of in that category later. But uh, Fogith, great captain, block shots, defensive defenseman. Um, they loved him. I think he was a three year captain. Um, he was my choice. I went yeah. with Carter. And then Jeremko. Um, he was my second choice. You know, you know Jeremko. If Jeremko wins the Hobie Baker next season as a senior, then I'm going to change my, my vote. He'll come but, back and uh, change it. <laughs> but, right now, but right now I'm going with Ben Yowds. Okay. Number six, jersey number six, Todd George, Matt Paljuzak, Peter Lampato, Casey Nelson, Parker Toomey. Well, this is kind of a coin flip for me. Now, Todd George was before my time, also scored a lot. Um, it's kind of a coin flip for me between Casey Nelson and Parker Toomey. Toomey mm-hmm. has scored a lot. He's a top 10 um, all-time D1 scorer. Casey Nelson won WCHA Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, came around at a time when... You kind of saw the kind of defenseman that Mike Hastings was trying to recruit, guys who got pucks to the net, guys who could run power play, that sort of thing. Um, you know, boy, it's, it's is, this is really hard. So I chose but Parker I, Toomey, but yeah. Casey Nelson was a lot of fun to watch out there. He yeah. Is, is, he, is he still playing in Buffalo? Uh, he's in their minor league system, I okay. think he, yeah. So he's only gone a handful of games. but And he was, he was here for two years? Three. Three years, okay. Yep. I chose Parker. Number seven, Andy Headland, also a former student. Christian Toll, Austin Sutter, Andrew Sackerson, Tyler Pitlick, Johnny McGinnis, Zach Palmquist, Steen Cooper, and Wyatt Ahmet, who is the current holder of that number. Correct. Uh, I went with Zach Palmquist. He's uh, a really good defenseman, offensive defenseman, Good guy, good guy to interview. Um, got pushed into his own goalie and gave up a goal that uh, you know will go down in infamy in <laughs> Minnesota mm-hmm. state lore. Uh, and you know, with and not that I have to have a runner up on all of these, but I'm probably um, you know would go with Andy Headland as a close second. Who was you know maybe I still one of my favorite Andy Headland stories is still a, a game at Colorado College, one of the first. The first year I was covering the team, maybe maybe the second year, um, they were trying to win a game. They did not have great a great defensive core. You were and, you were at Colorado College. Yes, this is back in the day when we would have sent someone. Yes, to Colorado College. and Andy Headland. Every time he came to the bench to get a breather, like 
Eric Means was the assistant coach at the time. He was running the D. He would just push him right back out. He wouldn't let him on the bench. He would just kind of push him, literally push him back out onto the ice. Um, so, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, again, pretty he's, close He's here. doing some – he does the uh, broadcast once in a while. Yeah, and I hear great reviews when he does it. So, uh, you know, hopefully he He really does knows more. hockey. He's yeah. really smart yeah. on there. Yeah. He's great. Uh, and he played a long time uh, in, the, in the American Hockey League, and I think if he had been in a different system, he might have gotten an NHL chance. But, um, again, I you know – Again, maybe some of this is just uh, being, you know, more close historically that I went with Palmquist. Palmquist was, you know, he, that guy put, that guy played a lot of minutes. He put up a lot of points um, and really skilled offensively who became better defensively as his time went on here. So I'll go with him with Andy Hedlund being a very close runner up. He was, he was fun to watch. I remember, so people probably don't know who listen to this, but I, well, you might know, I, I had a kid in Lancers, and in, in that role I would work as an usher at the hockey games, and I always had a spot down by where the Zambonis are. And uh, there was a game when Doug Woog came, and he stood next to me for most of the game, and we talked a lot, and he was there to see Zach Palmquist. South St. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why he came to that game and wanted to watch him play. But he's not who I chose. I chose Johnny McInnes. Oh, yeah, and, and you know what? We didn't talk about him, obviously, um, and we should have. I think um, – he was a captain. He was, and I think he wore a different number later, but that's another number that might get him bumped. So uh, that's a fine number, or that's a fine uh, – I kind of forgot that he wore seven. That must have been maybe his uh, – maybe that was his freshman year or something like See, that. See, I didn't remember him as a seven. No, I think he was a 22. Um, okay. So that makes more unless sense. this was a goof up on the – on the stats or something from his freshman year, but could have been, I do have him later on the list. Could have been operator air too. I don't believe so. <laughs> I believe. All right. Number eight, <laughs> Peter Runkle, Adam Gerlock, Baylor Dieter, Max Gady, Daniel Brickley, and Nathan Smith. This, yep. this one for me was pretty easy. Although back, this could change next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to give it to Nathan Smith yet, um, but we could see what happens. He's pretty good. He's, um, he's a really good. talented, talented yeah. freshman. Daniel Brickley, um, you know, first guy that really I felt like was getting chased by NHL teams as a free agent, like hard, could have signed after his sophomore year, came back as a junior. Um, I, I gave it to him, although Adam Gerlach um, – and Peter Runkel were or two of my favorites, not just to um, not just to watch, but to cover. Um, Gerlach was a pretty talented athlete who, um, you know, I don't think he scored a ton, but I think you know he would do some things defensively. He was a pretty good defensive forward, mm-hmm. and Peter Runkel was a really important defenseman on that 0203 season. They had three fr- three seniors on that team with Abel and and Joe Bourne and and Peter Runkle and the three of them had played a lot of games and they were all really intricate re- you know they were really important reasons why they um, did so well at the end of that year, um, but uh, yeah I would uh, I would probably go with Brickley. Same okay number nine Aaron Fox Cole Bassett Shane McCormick Kale Molarat Mike Lewers. Bryce Gervais and Charlie Gerard. This one seemed pretty easy to me too. Which and you chose Bryce Gervais. Yeah, I think you got to go with Gervais. Um, really talented scorer. He was fun to um, watch. Yeah, um, had the shorthanded goal um, record until Mark Michaelis broke it. 
um, you know, I, 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 Kale Morat was uh, a very good player too. Kale Morat's junior year was uh, was pretty special, um, and uh, I, you know, I think he had, you know, it was cool to see him go on and eventually make it to the NHL. I think he only, you know, got a half a cup of coffee in the NHL, as they say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would probably go with, uh, I'd still go with 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 Bryce here. Um, well, Kale's one of those guys who's got their. Got but, their poster in the arena. Yeah, yeah. Playing in the NHL. But then you go to you know Aaron Fox, who you know again that was before before my time, and um, you know I, I probably should include him. Does he still hold some scoring uh, records? He is the all-time Division One era scoring leader with 164 points. So maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to go with Aaron Fox, and maybe I should have made this uh, the Shane Frederick era of covering the team. <laughs> um, but you know. Uh, so shout out to Aaron Fox there, mm-hmm. um, 164 points in 147 games. Um, Nothing to sneeze at. No, and uh, super super talented guy who played in Europe for a long 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 time, and I believe still coaches there now or is a okay. general manager uh, okay. in a European team. But I know he played um, many years in in the European leagues, so uh, Germany and Austria, I believe. All right. Number 10, jersey number 10, <laughs> T.J. Gutarelli, Jake Brink, Chad Clower, Brian Kilberg, who we talked about before at number, mm-hmm. a previous number, uh, Zach Harrison, Matt Knoll, Zeb Knutson, and Shane McMahon, the current owner of jersey number 10. Who do yeah. you got? Well... I really thought about going with Zach Harrison here, the owner of the shorthanded hat trick. Which um, was mentioned in Sports Illustrated, correct? Yeah, and I believe the stick went to the Hockey Hall of Fame in it's Toronto. It's incredible for, feat. Yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing to have. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, you can't even imagine that ever happening again. Yeah. Um, A shorthanded hat trick. That's right. Jesus. Yeah, not all on the same penalty. Now, that would have been something. <laughs> if you scored three goals on the same, which, you know. Uh but I ended up going with Zeb Knutson. He was a really important player. He really came on as a as a um, in, in he you know he started off his career. You didn't know if he was going to play much, and really became important. You know, scored a big goal in his hometown of Sioux Falls against UMD in that game. They mm-hmm. ended up losing that game. Uh, again, some of this is that's close history or close uh, proximity uh, to recent teams. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I, I just I look at this and I go like, oh, maybe I should pick Zach Harrison. But I would say it's probably between those two. Um, but I'm going with Zeb. I had it as a tie. If given, if I if I had to choose, I would go with Zach Harrison because I really like penalty killers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was good at that, right? Obviously. Number eleven, <clears throat> Tyler Baines, Adam Gerlock again. We're not going to include him. Tyler Baines, Curtis Kissio, Mike Lewis. Corgan Lieberman, Sean Flanagan, and Jared Spooner. Yeah, I went with Jared Spooner, current player. Um, really like his game. I just like the way he plays both ends of the rink, plays hard. You know, it's uh, he's uh, um, looking at this list. You know, Corey Lieberman, Mankato guy. made the, Local guy. Made local guy. Sean Flanagan uh, was a really solid defenseman in the early um, Hastings years. I... Uh, like his game too, 
Um, is Corey is he still coaching at yep. Chris Davis? Uh, no, he doesn't coach at Chris. He so he played. He finished his career at oh, Chris Davis, Davis, and then he playing. he actually coaches in the North American Hockey League, the Junior League, uh, the Janesville Jets on the Janesville, oh, Wisconsin. Okay, so he's been that for, uh, for a couple years now. Oh, good for Corey. Yep. I too went with Jared Spooner. He's a solid pick. You, you chose wisely. Good job. <laughs> Number twelve, B.J. Anderson. Stephen Johns, Kevin Huck, Ryan Galliardi, or as he was nicknamed, Ryan, you're a goal scorer now, Galliardi, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that something I wrote about? It's something you I can't yeah. remember. This yeah, is, this is one I don't, that's, uh, that's a story I don't remember. Jean-Paul LaFontaine, Max Cota, and Colby Bukes. Current player. Current player, okay. Who, who'd you choose? This was hard. This was really hard. Um, at the end, I I went with LaFontaine just because of the scoring. Um, he really meant a lot to those early teams um, of in the Hastings era, scoring-wise. Uh, but having said that, Ryland Galliardi... And Steven Johns are two of my favorite players to cover. Um, they, they, uh, Galliardi is, a, you know, I might change. I don't know, boy. This is really hard, Rob. Because <laughs> I might go with Galliardi now. Because I'm just thinking, like, I don't, well, I, they're I, all, I, I'm they're trying all to be, I'm sure. trying to be objective. I'm trying to be, um, but Galliardi was a guy, and I've said this before, and I, I wrote a column about him when Don Lucia came out and said he, he wants uh, some limitations on uh, on age limits as far as older players. And MSU has been known as having, for a long, long time, older players who play two years of junior hockey or more, and they come in as 21-year-old freshmen. And Don Lucia, didn't he just thought some of that was unfair because he's got a bunch of 18-year-olds, even though they're all NHL draft picks. Um and he wanted some limitations on how long you could play junior hockey or how long you could be out of high school before you had to come in as a freshman. And while the examples used were people like, as far as MSU goes, your guys like uh, Casey Nelson and players like that, Daniel Brickley, um, who were going to be NHL players, Ryland Galliardi wasn't going to be an NHL player. But if he had, if he had not had that last year of junior hockey, he might not have played division one hockey and he would not have come to minnesota state and as he told me if he hadn't come to minnesota state to play hockey um he might not have gone to college he might not have gotten a degree he might not have met his wife who he met at msu um it changed his life and he was a captain here um i just think he's a real example of, a, of someone who took advantage of an opportunity and really ran ran with it yeah um I know he ended up being the number one center his senior year. I don't. I don't know if that was uh, that was more indicative of the kind of roster that they had at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really like uh, him, so I think I'm going to change my pick. I think I'm going with Galliardi. And Stephen Johns was a really good puck moving defenseman uh, on those early years, uh, 2000. He was on that 0203 season. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time talking to him because he got hurt a lot. And he would pull a uh, exercise bike out of the uh, weight room at All Seasons Arena while practice was going on, and ride the bike while practice was going on. And I'd go up and talk to him, and he'd always say he was, if he didn't play hockey, he was going to win the Tour de France because <laughs> he <laughs> had to ride the bike so much. So, um, 
This is the kind of content people come to Freecast. That's for, right. Jane. That's right. <laughs> like, like I said, it's hard sometimes. You look at these lists and you go, like some of these players, like I really, you know, these are some of the good guys to talk to mm-hmm. and and guys I really like having conversations with and you know learning more about and um, sometimes really good players can be really bad conversationalists and sometimes mm-hmm. you know your bottom end players can be really good conversationalists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people like us tend to gravitate toward the people who want to tell us good stories that's right that's right I went with Jean-Paul Lafontaine yeah that's um, I, I can't I can't see his name and not think of the North Stars draft pick yep. dilemma: Do we take Pat Lafontaine or Brian? His uncle Lawton. His uncle. Pa- yeah, Jean Paul's uncle, and they, of course, they chose Brian Lawton, who was a bust. Yeah, and Lafontaine went on to have a Hall of Fame career. Correct. And, <laughs> and also, you know, Max Cota's on this list too, and you know, he was a captain last year and had a really good senior year. Isn't on he a, actually on a really, really bright team? guy yeah. too? Was he? Yeah, very yeah, he's a uh, student athlete of the year. Gifted I, student. I believe yeah. he was a uh, WCHA student athlete of the year. Which I think is worth noting in a lot of these cases because I, I think I, we, I think we, I'm we about forget to, I think I'm about here. to note it again because we I think we forget why they're here sometimes I mean they're here for hockey uh-huh. but they have to go to school and as you said with uh, Ryland Gallagherty I mean getting a degree here is also very very important for a lot of these guys who, aren't, who, are, who are not going to go on to play right. in uh, the NHL okay number thirteen Ryan Severson John Hart Joel Hansen. Ryan Gunderson, James Gallrap, Danny Heath, Chandler Madri, Zach Gal- Galambos. Galambos. I'm sorry, Zach. <laughs> I think Zach's still at MSU, but he only played one season at uh, uh, for the Mavericks. I think he's still here as a student. Oh, because so I have seen him around. Is there no current number thirteen? I don't believe so. And this feels like a number that uh, the grinders wear. <laughs> but, is that what this list is? It kind of, for the most part. Uh, but Joel Hansen was a WCHA Student Athlete of the Year. Um, I think he's on this list later because he must have changed his number at some point. Um, but uh, good, hard, uh, hard player who really good student. Um, I'm going with Joel Hansen. I'm going to defer to you on this one because I recognize that this is a number where I don't, there's a lot of names that I can't tell you anything about. I, re- I remember John Hart. I remember Joel Hansen. I remember Gunderson and Gallrap. I do not remember Heath. Heath did not play long. He suffered some concussions, but he's still in town. Your kids may have had him as a, uh, I think he was a FIED teacher at West. Uh, he's assistant hockey coach, does a lot with hockey. Oh, great. Uh, but definitely uh, he has become a very, uh, you know, you know, not, not a lot of these guys stick around Mankato. And uh-huh. he is he's from Arizona originally, um, came in as a pretty highly touted uh, uh, player, but uh, suffered, I believe, some concussions, uh, was kept around as a student assistant, um, both for Troy Judding and for Mike Hastings, kind of kept him around the team and – yeah, has done uh, uh, has done a lot at Mankato um, over the years, but yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Number 14. This will be interesting. Shane Joseph, Steve Wagner, Justin Jockinen, Taylor Herndon, Jimmy Mullen, Michael Bigelbach, and Ryan Sandlin. This is a no-brainer. This is Shane Joseph all the way. I like Steve Wagner, and he played in the NHL, and he was a very good defenseman um, in the mid-2000s. But, 
you know, Shane Joseph was kind of the man. Saint jo- Shane Joseph was, if I had to pick top, we've had this discussion too, if I had to pick a top top five Mavericks of all time, he, he might, I mean, he's definitely top five, might be number one. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, if I put together a all-time team from, you know, 2000 to now, the all-time Pacato team <laughs> from me covering the you know, he's he's on he's on my number one line. I mean, it's just there's no question about that. I don't think I've ever seen in my life a better stick handler. And just so strong on it, and, and a lot of that has to do, I think, with just how strong he was on it on his uh, on his skates. Mm-hmm. So I mean, not a very big player, um, but you know, had like the big tree trunk uh, thighs. Yeah. You know, good skater and just like you know, you couldn't knock him off the puck. Um, and obviously scored a lot. Um, so we, 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 144 points, 68 goals. So he I, was the, I believe he's gonna... the all time. I'm sorry. He, I think he's the all time leading goal scorer, um, in the division one era. Um, Mark Michaelis is one goal back of that. He would have passed it by now, probably if he hadn't been hurt. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sure. But we were just looking at the the stats of the of the year. He and uh, Grant Stevenson had that phenomenal 02, year. 03. What were their numbers that year? Uh, Steven uh, Joseph had sixty five points, and Joseph ha- or and Stevenson had uh, sixty three points, I believe. I mean, just career I years. I mean, hitting stunning, hitting sixty points. Um, having two guys at sixty is 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 pretty is pretty good. It was they were um, how neither of them. Um, was a Hobie Baker top 10 is still one of the more baffling um, snubs in my lifetime. Um, (laughs) Neither one won WCHA player of the year, uh, but that was Peter Sena who ended up winning the Hobie from Colorado college who had, I think he scored more. He he had an unbelievable year that year. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got Shane Joseph at 14. Number 15, David Graham, Tim Jackman, Brock Becker, another former student. Jared Stewart, J.P. Burkemper, C.J. Cease, and Julian Napravnik, who is the current holder of that number 15 jersey. <clears throat> um, who'd you go with? I went with C.J. Cease. So did uh, I. All-American, played four years, um, had an unbelievable senior season, um, really important player on a, on a lot of very good teams. Is he one of these guys who could have left earlier but he came back? Yeah, he he had year. he had chances to sign um as a and he was a draft pick of the Jets and he could have signed after his junior year and opted to come back uh for his senior year and and had a really good senior year. Did he do that because he thought they had a chance to make a run? I think so. Kind of a combination of things. I think you're seeing guys, especially guys who are drafted and MSU does not have a lot of drafted guys, but um you know, there are a lot of, it's easy to sign. It's easy to say you're going to take the money. Um, but, you know, people are quick to remind that, like, that once you sign, it's a job. And, yeah, you might get paid well, especially if you make the NHL. Um, but if you're not going to make the NHL and you're going to still be another have another year of um, development in the minor leagues and you have a chance to stay in college, especially at a program where, they do a good job developing players mm-hmm. like MSU does. Um, a lot of people would say, don't, why, why, don't leave early. Why, why not stay? Stay for another year. Stay in college. Enjoy college. Enjoy 
that part of it because when it becomes a job, it becomes a job. And also when it becomes a job in professional sports, uh, if you're not producing, they'll cut you loose. They don't care. It's, it's hardcore. It's, you'll get traded, you'll get cut, you'll get sent to the minors, you sent to where you'll never be heard from again. And that's just the cold reality of, you know, we love professional sports as fans, but the cold reality is if you're not producing, you're not going to play. And if you can, you know, and once that becomes a job, it it's, it's difficult. And so I think that, you know, there's that, that much a reason too. And, and I think a team like the jets, you know, they've had some connections now to, to MSU. And I think they kind of trust the process here. And those teams are in touch with coaches and players and monitoring how they're doing, you know, whether they're uh, draft picks or free agents. So, yeah, I think he, uh, um, you know, I think that was all part of it. And a jump ahead, I, you know, I put Tim Jackman as a close second. Two years here, their first NHL draft pick from from MSU, mm-hmm. uh, first NHL player from MSU, um, and uh, had a long NHL career and then came back and, and helped coach for a couple of years, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, definitely goes there as well. All right. Let's try to go a little quicker. Here. Yeah, I realize we're only halfway through the... For people who are still with us, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just uh, tune in tomorrow 16. for 16 through 30. Jersey number 16, Jesse Rooney, Jeff Marler, Brian Kilberg again. He's that guy who's on three different jerseys. <laughs> Tyler Thompson, Tyler Elbrecht, Jordan Nelson, Reggie Lutz. Reggie Lutz being the current player. I went Reggie with Jesse Lutz. Rooney. Uh, now that goes back to the early days, uh, but... Uh, Big time scorer for th- for the Mavs, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I went with Tyler Elbrick as a close second. I chose Tyler Elbrick because yeah. I don't remember much about Jesse Rooney. Yeah, um, I should maybe I should remember more, but I just don't. Yeah, it was early days of uh, I think his senior year was my first year covering the team, or maybe the second. Um, but uh, definitely a guy who scored a lot of goals. A little bit different era. Mm-hmm. You're just, you just you can kind of note. Now I feel like I've covered this team a long time because you can see that. There was some more scoring <laughs> back in the early 2000s compared to uh, the 2000 teens. Yeah. Okay, 17. Josh Kern, Chad Clower, Jake Brink, Blake Friesen, Evan Mosey, Michael Huntebrinker, and Walker Dewar. Yeah, I was. A, this was a interesting one. I went with Michael Huntebrinker. Um, he had a pretty solid career here a um, little up and down at times um, but I thought he uh, you know I think he was the first official recruit in the Mike Hastings era um, oh really I believe that's interesting he was the first person to commit to the Mavericks after the coaching change mm-hmm. if I remember correctly um, so I'll give him a little nod for that Evan Mosey um, always the source of a lot of discussion on my old cover it live posts back in the day um there were just always lots of questions about why he was not in the lineup um i honestly believe this to be true that he had a lot of relatives who (laughs) followed along with the live blog and had a lot of complaints about the previous coaching regime Mm -hmm. and who was playing and who wasn't and uh it was uh it was on fire this is pre-twitter so um but ask a few people ask around a few people who've followed my stuff online for a while and 
everyone knows the Evan Mosey stuff. But I'll give Evan Mosey credit here. He he went on, played some professional hockey, uh, I believe, uh, in the U.S. and Europe, and he has a connection through family history of um, of he was eligible to play for the for Great Britain's national team and played in the world championships oh. um, uh, for the Great Britain team. How about that? There's a there's a good trivia question. Oh my gosh. For you. <laughs> I I went with Hunter Brinker although I having been one of the guys who sits in the penalty box and opens the doors on penalties, I've gotten I've spoken briefly with a few guys, some more than others. <laughs> looking at you Dallas Gerads. Um <laughs> but I've had Walker Dewar in there a few times and he we haven't spoken, but he he just seems like a nice yeah. kid and I and I like how hard he works. Yep. Um, I I feel like his hard work is gonna is gonna produce some things for him in the next next year. Sure, yeah. I I mean I think that's uh, that's a fine choice as well with that group. All right, eighteen. This is a tough. This one. is this might be the toughest. This is the toughest number. one of our group. B J Abel, David Backus, James Gallrap, Michael Dorr, Matt Leitner, Ian Scheid. I mean, there are four names on that list that would just be fine that mm-hmm. uh, you could choose. Um, three for sure. I think maybe Ian Scheid, unfortunately, who's had a very, very good career um, here currently, uh, could easily be. I, I'd say he's the fourth guy on that list. It's a tough. It's a tough <laughs> one, man. And you're. I mean, B.J. Abel is kind of a. He's kind of a legendary name in the program. He was. He's the rock. He, he was the guy they always said that was the best. That, that he was the guy for many years that they compared every captain to. He. Yeah. Um. David Backus is David Backus. You know, probably the most successful Maverick. Hundred percent alumni. Among, yeah, without a doubt. And Matt Leitner, who. Came within, I think, two points of being the all-time scorer um, in the Division One era um, in in his career. Um, so I don't know. I my list has uh, Leitner and Backus on it, and with Abel a close uh, close behind them, and then Shide. Um, if I can go with a tie between Leitner and Back- Backus, I guess I would, and I know that's a cop out. Leitner and Backus, I think, are the top two, and you, you you know my thoughts on this. I'm a I'm a big Matt Leitner fan. Yep, I really he, he's my choice. Yeah, I just really loved watching him play. He just the the vision he yes. had on the ice, hundred percent, and the way the other guys loved playing on his line, and he was good at penalty killing. How would you like to have seen Matt Leitner play with David Backus on his wing? That would have been insane. Yeah, insane. I just I mean. I think Matt Leitner and Shane Joseph are the two guys over all the years that I've enjoyed watching mm-hmm. play the most. And not just scoring the goals, the things he did, the, some of the passes he made. Yes. The patience. Like, I would, I, how did you even know that, that that was going to develop as a play? He just had this vision mm-hmm. that was just incredible to watch. And, and uh, he, had a, he had a knack for uh, the patience of letting of of sucking guys sucking defenders toward him as if he was holding onto the puck too long and then get getting rid of it at last second to an open guy on the back door and uh you know usually often you know whether it was LaFontaine on the power play or Bryce Gervais just had a knack for that and um yeah and I David Backus 
Yeah, it's I'll, really hard. It's really hard yeah. to put him at number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, that's why I said I'm going with a tie, and no one should. Um, that's what makes you know. this little exercise so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, if you had the third pick of this group, and you said, "Well, I get then I'll take B.J. Abel," I'm like, "Okay, you're fine." Yeah. And then the fourth guy takes Ian Scheid and said, "Okay, now you got the best puck moving defender on that on that group." It's pretty good. This is a really good number. Eighteen's a number. That's uh, that's really the number you number. want, I guess. Yeah. And then Michael Dore came in as a U of M transfer. <laughs> he was kind of thought he was going to be. A, yeah. A he had some maker. moments. He had his moments, but not uh, not not overly consistently. Right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> number nineteen, Nate Maurer, Grant Stevenson, who we talked about earlier at number s- twenty. No, we haven't yet. Okay, Curtis Kissio. We, who was on this list somewhere. Yes. Austin Sutter, Shane McCormick, Jeff Irwin, Zach Lurkey, Brad McClure, and Chris Van Ostshaw. Now, was Zach Lurkey the one who had that weird illness uh-huh, and yeah. came back after yep. leaving? Yep. And was really good. He, like, suddenly yeah. their power play went from being so-so to being really good. But then you got Brad McClure here, who was Mr. Playoffs. Yes, WCHA MV, uh, MVP in the playoffs yeah. uh, as a freshman, um, but Grant Stevenson's the guy. He wore number nineteen his sophomore year, and which um, was the year, was, right? Yeah, sixty-three yeah. points, a magical, then, magical year, and then signed a massive contract with San Jose Sharks in the era before they changed the collective bargaining agreement and limited what uh, rookies could make. Um, so that was a situa- uh, situation where he should have. Yes, taken in fact, money. if I remember correctly, going back now, all all the way back to the, when he actually signed, um, his agent had told me his agent uh, at the time was uh, Neil Sheehy, uh, who you might remember um, as a Minnesota guy, played at Harvard and oh, yeah. played in the NHL. Basically, that. Uh, Stevenson kept turning down contracts to come back to school until his agent finally, until he finally got a contract that his agent said, I can no longer advise you. <laughs> I shouldn't say agent, family advisor. Okay. Because they're family advisors because they're not getting paid. Uh, and then he became the agent. Um, I can no longer advise you to go ahead and go back to school. You got to take this deal. Um, unfortunately, he didn't play very long in the NHL. Which is too bad, but uh, was it, he just didn't. It just I don't just know. Didn't work out. Yeah, not really. He yeah. Didn't get hurt. Nope. Okay. Nope. But I'm going with Grant Stevenson with Brad McClure, close second. Number twenty, <laughs> Jersey Joe Bourne, Rob Rankin, Jason Wiley, Chase Grant, Charlie Thawald, and Mark Michaelis. It's. I know what you're going to do here. <laughs> I know absolutely what you're going to do here from our conversations. But the correct answer is Mark Michaelis. Um, I mean, it's just it just is. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the top players all time in, in program history. Um, but go ahead. I agree. I would also take Michaelis. <laughs> I know. It. But I think a case can be made for Rob Rankin. That's right. I know you love. I love those guy. He was yes. Uh, he he was also a great penalty killer. Yes. But he was that guy who would get under the skin yes. of the other team. You know more about this than I do. He was kind of a legendary trash talker on the ice. Yeah, he was He was kind of sneaky. You know, and the thing is, and if you talk to him off the ice, one of the nicest 
people you'd <laughs> ever talk to. His family, unbelievable. Sister still lives in town. Um, she played for the MSU women's team. I love that. And uh, mm, she's, uh, uh, I think she coaches youth hockey and her, her kids play uh, hockey. Um, great people. He, Rob Rankin scored a crazy goal against Wisconsin. Uh, the year Wisconsin won the national championship, I think in 06, they came here. MSU swept them at the end of this regular season. Rob Rankin scored some crazy goal from the blue line past uh, Elliott, who was best goalie in the country. I mean, it was just a crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, I think he scored a goal up at North Dakota in overtime uh, on a playoff weekend that for, that, that uh, forced a third game. Um, yeah. So here we are talking all about Rob Rankin. So we've already talked about Mark <laughs> Michaelis definitely today. be Michaelis, though. Uh, but yeah, he's, but Mark, he's, he's my pick. But yeah. I, just, I, I can't let this go by without, I get it. Uh, without I mentioning get it. Rob I get Rankin. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 21, Micah Woters? Sure. Brad Thompson, Mick Berge, Andrew Sacrison, Chase Grant, Alec Vanco, Lucas Souter, the current uh, holder of jersey number 21. Um <sighs> This one seemed pretty easy to me with McBurgie. Yep, I think so. Um, seen Oklahoma City guy. Yeah, and so was Chase Grant. Oh, okay. Uh, how about that? Chase Grant was a good player too. Yep, very, very, uh, very good player, very solid uh, player. But I'd go with McBurgie too, um, best scorer of the bunch. Andrew Sackerson, um, he was a St. Louis Blues draft pick. He probably underachieved a little bit here, but really good dude. Um, mm-hmm. Good. He, I believe, he's the St. Louis Park head coach for high school okay. now. Um, Brad Thompson was a captain here and, um, you know, also a really uh, rock solid, uh, player in person too. Mm-hmm. So. All right. 22. Moving on. Tim Wolf, Dwight Hurst, Rick Kiskies, Ryan Carter, Kurt Davis, Johnny McGinnis, who we won't discuss cause we already did. I, although I guess we can. Was this last number 22? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll have him in this category then. Jaden Schmeiser and Dallas Gerads, my penalty box bud. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned earlier about uh, defensemen and, mm-hmm. um, you know, who, who was, you know, when I mentioned Ben Yowds, Kurt Davis was super high scoring defenseman. He was yeah. almost like an extra forward out there. He was so good at getting the puck out of his own end. Maybe the best hair all time. <laughs> Certainly Maverick. possible. That's if there was a if there was a all hockey hair team. Um, so <laughs> Kurt Davis is a close second for me, but I'm going with Ryan Carter. I mean, yeah, Carter me only too. played two years. Uh, I think he had a 20 goal season, though. Um, he's a guy who took advantage of a great year and turned pro. Um, to this day, he tells me that he should probably have stayed another year. He might have been a better NHL player. Um, no, because but his name's on the cup. But he, yeah, he got his name on the Stanley Cup. <laughs> his name's on the Stanley he's Cup. He's become now. He is like Mr. Wild. He's on Fox yeah. Sports North broadcasts. Uh, he's become a, a great personality, working for the Wild, doing out um, community stuff and broadcasting stuff. Um, really, uh, you know, I just think he's kind of become. Uh, a very good representative of the Minnesota State program elsewhere, uh, even though he's kind of connected to the NHL. Almost won a second Stanley Cup and really was disappointed um, that he didn't, not just because um, he they lost when he was with New Jersey, but he really thought that would have um, 
I think he does feel a little weird about having his name on the cup because he yeah. only played he didn't play that season at all he played in the playoffs just a tiny bit but he played enough games in the actual Stanley Cup finals uh, where the rules are that you get your name on the cup he got his day with the cup he brought the cup to Mankato how do you not pick this guy he's the obvious pick alright uh, moving on to number 23 <laughs> Grant Stevenson apparently wore number 23 at some point as a freshman we're not going to consider him because he's, he's our number 19 yep. That gives us Ryan McKelvey, former student. Trevor Briss, Tyler Thompson, uh, Michael Dorr again, and Nick Rivera. And Teddy Bluger. And Teddy Bluger, right. The, uh, Nick Rivera, one of my favorite current Mavericks, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going with Teddy. Uh, Teddy's um, still with still Pittsburgh? with Pittsburgh, still playing. Um, uh, I just I, I like... Uh, um, Ryan McKelvey was a great guy, three-year captain, um, really uh, a solid, solid individual. Um, Trevor Briss scored the huge goal against Minnesota in the playoffs. Which you can um, still look up on YouTube, and it's actually really fun to watch his goal celebration. I mean, he's just the picture of pure joy. Yeah, that um, was an insane weekend, and we could have a oh whole other God. podcast about that. Um, Probably the best weekend of hockey Mankato's ever seen. I said it was the best weekend until, you know, and the the next, the only comparison was last year against Bowling Green, that championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a single game where that other, where that Gopher series was th- three nights of, of um, five total overtimes. Um, but I'm going with Teddy Bluger here. Uh, I'll do respect to everyone else on the list because it's a, another pretty good list. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think so too. I, I, I went with Teddy. I just, he didn't, the whole time he was here, he just kept getting better and yep. better and better and working hard. And I loved watching him when I was doing my job as the usher. I mean, right down by the ice, he would come by. Never had his mouth guard in. Always. Always chewing hang, on it. Hanging out one side. Of, and I think he still, <laughs> that still might be the case. <laughs> that still might be the case oh, uh, for Pittsburgh. But just a quick recap, uh, he's played 55 games uh, for the Penguins this season. He's got eight goals, 11 assists for 19 points. And I think he's very well liked. And it's too bad that the Wild, when their big trade sending Zucker to Pittsburgh, weren't able to bring Teddy Bluger to Minnesota. That would have been good. I, I wonder if he. I wonder if they tried and Pittsburgh said uh, we're not giving up a center. And because he was, he's from. Is it Riga, Latvia? Latvia, yes. Speaks good English. <laughs> he speaks Russian. He speaks Latvian. He speaks English. I remember you saying um, how how uh, surprised you were, how just just how fluent he was. In there's English. no X. He sounds like he's from Minnesota. Oh my um, gosh. And uh, if you look up his stats, and um, he he's not known as Teddy Bluger. He's Theodore's Blugers. <laughs> if you just like extra letters and words, and uh, it's just kind of funny. All right, twenty four. <laughs> Jerry Cunningham, Chad Brownlee, Adam Mueller. Brett Knowles, Edwin Hookinson. Um, Jerry Cunningham, very talented uh, forward. Adam Mueller was a talented scorer. Edwin Hookinson's had a really nice career here right now. Brett Knowles currently was a, solid. He's a captain, correct? Uh, yep. Hookinson? But I'm going with Chad Brownlee. Um, I think uh, sometimes I just think there's a little bit, again, another person I love talking to. Another person that uh, meant a lot to this program, not just on the ice but off the ice, 
Uh, you go back to and you add Chris Clark to this conversation. You go back to the all the Anthony Ford stuff. Um, Chad Brownlee singing, writing a song and singing it at Anthony Ford's funeral. Chad Brownlee's career in Canadian country music is unbelievable because his NHL career didn't quite work out. He on the cusp of being in the NHL, and then what do you turn to? Your your backup is to be a country singer and you're now super popular. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so rock solid. One of my favorite stories of all time, uh, real quick, cause I know we're, we're, we're going long here, but <laughs> Chad Brownlee, uh, puck goes down. This is in Madison. Puck goes down to the other end of the ice. Um, Brownlee goes back to retrieve it. A Wisconsin player comes down, puts totally um, can openers him, puts his stick between his legs, pulls him back. Brownlee falls down. Wisconsin guy grabs the puck. He's right on the doorstep of the goal, shoots and scores, and no call, no penalty, nothing. And uh, we go down to the locker room area, and the Wisconsin media is there too, Andy Baggett uh, from the Wisconsin State Journal. And uh, Paul Allen, the sports information director, uh, communications guy for MSU, comes up to us and asks uh, if there's any players that we'd like to talk to. And Andy Baggett says, um, oh, Chad Brownlee. <laughs> 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 and then I believe Chad was coached by uh, PA as to make sure that he uh, didn't say anything uh, too bad against the referees or just kind of reminded him but uh, Chad was pretty candid um more so than than Troy Judding was who um tried to who was clearly very angry but decided not to criticize the officials to which I believe Andy Baggett then asked um is that blood on your tie from biting your tongue because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it was one of the worst no calls I've ever seen because it was just open ice it was two guys it was the puck went down one guy went down, picked up the puck, totally gets tripped, and then the guy who trips him then scores, and there's no penalty. It's it was kind of uh, stunning. Wow. I think I don't even know if the Badger fans cheered for the goal. I think they were all too stunned that there was not a penalty <laughs> called. <laughs> all right, I I went with Chad Browning as well. So moving on, number twenty-five, Ryan Schrick. Dana Sorensen, R.J. Linder, Iriah Hayes, Zach Stepan, Reese Zamolek, the current number 25. I'm going Iriah Hayes on this one. Um, Same. Uh, a guy who really developed over time from little tiny La Crescent, Minnesota, um, to being a captain of uh, this team. And, uh, um, you know, got an NHL sniff after that, I think, uh, you know, Looking at this list, uh, Reese Molek's a really good player currently. Uh, Dana Sorensen was the uh, the winger with Stevenson and Joseph. Uh, Zach Stepan had a, a, a solid career, although probably a little bit of a uh, probably didn't meet the expectations people thought when he when he yeah. actually uh, got recruited. Um, but yeah, I'll probably go with Araya uh, Hayes. All right, twenty six. John Bushy, John Dubell, Joe Schiller, Dylan Marginari, and Josh French. Yeah, this is a hard one because I put a lot of these guys in the same boat and trying to decide between Marginary, French, and Schiller um, for me is is difficult. Uh, French, you know, they just did different things. Um, 
I think I'm going to get a little selfish here and just go with Joe Schiller because I like him. I like those other guys too, don't get me wrong. Um, I think I'd easily go with Josh French here um, and all the dirty work that he does and killing penalties. Joe Schiller, um, another guy I just like talking to, another guy who like did anything he was asked. They moved him to defense, he played defense. They mm-hmm. moved him back to forward, he played forward. Um He's also a little bit of a renaissance man, not your typical hockey player. I think he was an English and history major. He's now in, I believe he's a, uh, got his PhD in history and works at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, follow him on Twitter for interesting um, facts about um, <laughs> fracking in, Oklahoma, in really? Oklahoma and stuff like that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a toss-up. That's one I didn't even have highlighted on here because I wasn't sure which one I wanted to choose. But right now I'm going to go with Schiller. Um I don't, but, I don't. I went with French. Yeah, I great penalty killer. Unbelievable. He's a guy. And the other thing about French, I would say, is that he he doesn't score a lot, and he didn't score a goal his first season. But he played almost every night, and kind of asked the coach if that was okay. And he's like, "We're not asking him to score. We're asking him to win faceoffs, kill penalties, be good in his own end. You know, get the puck uh, moving out, help see. You know, who's on the ice." taking big face-offs late in games, you know, it can be Josh French a lot um, mm-hmm. if it's not Mark Michaelis or previously CJC's. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, that's a good uh, – right. that's a tough one, but um, I think I don't think there's a wrong answer out of those, those – out of that group. 27, Justin Martin, Travis Morin, Brett Peterson, Brett Stern, Ryan Schwalbe, and Tony Malinowski, the current – guy i thought this was an easy one you you i'm not sure what you 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 got him highlighted the same here yeah i I, I think i think think that's a mistake actually yeah travis morin's no-brainer here um he's a really yeah great yeah great career and also has a poster in the building yep for being in the nhl and one and you know he had a long he just retired from the american hockey league with a long career in the Mm -hmm. ahl which um no, he did not play a ton in the NHL, but uh, to play the next level down for as long as he did um, was a pretty impressive uh, feat in itself. And I, I, and a phenomenal scorer, phenomenal college hockey player. Um, you know, playing with Bacchus, playing four years here. Um, you know, the he ended up with uh, you know 133 points, 58 goals. Um, in four seasons, fifth all time right now. It's a great career. Um, yeah, no question about it. All right, twenty-eight. Nate Metcalf, Mark Hins, Chris Clark, Channing Bo, John Utzi, and Cade Borchert. Yeah, this was tough too. So this was Chris Clark's senior year, and he didn't play much. He changed his number to twenty-eight because that was uh, Anthony Ford's birthday. It was I believe, I believe February eighth, and he was very close to Anthony Ford. Okay, uh, and that was after uh, Anthony died, I believe, and so he changed his number from one uh, to twenty-eight, and uh, just a, a nice tribute there. Um, so you know, I don't, but I'm not even sure how much he even played then. Uh, John Utsi is a really good defenseman. Um, I picked John Utsi. Yeah. Um, Channing Bow. I, I kind of decided to go with Channing. Um, I just thought that he was uh, a guy who, I don't know. I think it was a coin flip between uh, Channing Bow and John Utsi, and I decided to go with Channing Bow. I don't know if it's just uh, um, 
he was another guy I like to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, more of a defensive defenseman. John Utsi did a lot of really good things too. So I don't know. I couldn't really decide mm-hmm. uh, at at that moment. But uh, I saw John Utsi at uh, Providence last year. He was uh, um, he was injured, so he wasn't playing. He had been playing the AHL, and so I talked to him a little bit. But a uh, uh, very solid career as well. All right. Twenty nine. Peter. Holine, Holine, Holine. Okay, Eric Gilbertson, John Volp, Joel Hansen again, Eli Zuck, Aaron Nelson, and Dryden McKay. I think it's Dryden McKay pretty easily here. Yeah, I, I think so too. Twelve career shutouts and um, a couple other goalies on this list, or not, yeah, a couple other goalies on this list. Um, but uh, we've already mentioned Joel Hansen, John Volp. Um, I think uh, we'll be talking about him in a little bit, possibly. So, okay. Um, well, I don't know if he's going to win either one, but uh, yeah, Dryden McKay. Same. Number thirty, Brian Nelson, Jason Jensen, Phil Cook. Are these all goalies? I believe so. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not familiar with Brian Nelson. I think early on, I think he was on that uh, first year of that that were uh, that ninety nine two thousand season here. Okay, uh, I'm going Jason Jensen. He yep. was, uh He and Volp kind of traded uh, back and forth most of that o two o three season. Uh, it'd been interesting to see if he had come back for his last year, uh, but decided not to. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, his his play that year, along with John Volp is what really helped get them to the, the national tournament uh, that first time. And um, just a big, big dude, uh, I believe, a right-handed catching. So he was a little – I think he was, if I remember right, he might have been opposite. Okay. But now I can't remember for sure if that's correct or not. <laughs> okay, I picked him too. Okay. 31. Kyle Nixon. These are all also goaltenders, right? Yes. Austin Lee, Evan Carambellas, and Jacob Berger. So this is hard because um, Austin Lee wore number one for most of his career, so this must have been his freshman year. Okay. Um, you know, the other guys are pretty much backups. Uh, Kyle Nixon was recruited to be a starter, and it just never really – he got some opportunities, but it never really worked out. Um, Austin Lee ended up being um, a starter for a while, but not with this number. So this is a hard one for me. I, I, I kind of went with Austin Lee just because um, from a from a career standpoint, uh, he was – you know, he's the best of this group um, yeah, that, that, by far. That and seems and about right. Just – that's not the number he wore. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting close to the end here. Yeah, yep, and not not a lot of cho- not a lot of options the rest of the way. Thirty-two, only one guy. Is it Matthias? Matthias Israelson, Israelson. Um, backup last year. Um, did, didn't play a lot, uh, but he went on a ten-game stretch there though, where he oh, won right. I think eight games. Okay, um, a solid before. pick then for yep, thirty-two. I think so. We'll go with we'll go with him. Thirty-three, uh, not goalies. Nope. Christian Toll and Matt Tyree. Yeah, um, I'm going with Tyree because he's a referee for a lot of these linesman. Games. He's a linesman. Linesman, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the referees rotate. He's a local yeah. linesman, so um, yeah, that's fine. Christian Toll, um, thing I always remember. <laughs> Christian Toll, who I believe is also still in town. Both these guys are in okay. town. Um, thing that always made me laugh about Christian Toll is when they'd have a bag skate day. They'd basically bring a garbage can out on the ice because inevitably Christian Toll was going to throw up in it. <laughs> Oh really? 
Oh, that's that's too bad. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moving on. 34, Cole Huggins. He's the only one here. Yeah, Solid and, choice. Yep. Great goaltender. Yep. Uh, 35, Todd Kelsenberger, John Volpe again. Kevin Murdoch, Evan Karambellis again, and Stefan Williams. Stefan's the choice here. Um, I agree. He's going to go down as one of the great goalies and one of the great characters in tell tell the story. Which one do you want? I want I, mean, <laughs> I, I want the one that we the world saw. The one the world saw because he also you know got a five minute major in a game and had to sit in the penalty box. <laughs> this is before you were sitting in the penalty box. Uh, uh, I'd never seen it before. They had to put a different goalie in during his five minutes, and oh then there, there was a break, and he came out. He returned to goal. But apparently, if a goalie gets a major penalty, they have to go to the penalty box if they're not kicked out. If That's they're not outstanding, yeah. So there's, yeah. Um, but the goal, I know the story you want, of course, um, is the time he flipped over the goal uh, at at uh, the XL Energy Center, North Star College Cup. Mavericks are playing the Gophers. Mavericks are leading, um, and uh, the Gophers are on the power play. And Casey Nelson blocks a shot. Hits him in the knee. He goes down right on the face-off dot uh, in the left circle or to the goaltender's right, and he is in pain and he is um, writhing in pain. He is. It's visibly he is visibly. It looks hurt. like he's visibly hurt. And apparently, the rule is that you do not stop play unless that player is actually in danger of getting hurt or in danger of uh, possibly hurting someone else. And the Gophers are slinging the puck around the outside of the zone. And they're not calling, uh, they're not whistling it down. And um, Stefan Williams decides to take matters into his own hands. And he turns around <laughs> and he shoves the goal off its moorings and skates away. And the goal is down. And they have to, um, they. He forces to, the game to be to He be forces stopped. the game to be stopped, yes. And, of course, the, the, the penalty for that is uh, awarding of a penalty shot. Uh, to the other team. So now the Gophers have, now he has to stop a penalty shot, which he does. And place is going <laughs> crazy. It's full of Gopher fans. Yeah. And, and people are going nuts. People are going nuts for him. Oh. The people who are rooting against the Gophers, the Gopher <laughs> fans are going crazy because they've never seen anything like it. He stops the penalty shot. The Mavericks end up winning the game. This um, is all on YouTube, folks. If you want to go check it's it out, it's one of the great, it's crazy. It's one of the great moments. It's wild in, stuff. My career covering the game, covering the team, you know, there are a handful of things that you remember, like that you just, like, I'll never forget this, whether it's the, mm-hmm. the comeback against Denver, um, the WCHA championship game last year, that Gopher series, and Stefan Williams flipping the puck or flipping the goal over to get a stoppage. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's unbelievable. Do you think if you asked him today if he'd do it again, do you think he'd do it again? I think he would say absolutely yes. I think because I think that's his personality too. I think that's the other thing with him is like that just fit his personality. Yeah. He was a goofball yeah. goaltender, you know. Go went up for his little walkabouts during stoppages, mm-hmm. you know, mocking fans or letting them mock him. I mean he he was go- he was a goofball. Yeah, he was he was fun to watch. Yeah, he had a rough patch, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know, he had a, he had a really good freshman year. Yeah. And then his sophomore year, he didn't really play real well early, and then Cole Huggins kind of took the job yeah. um, and became the guy. And then in the following year, it kind of went. He took it back. back yeah, back to back And then to Huggins came the next year. Uh, right? And then Huggins, uh, yeah, Williams signed um, 
turned pro and then Huggins uh, had the job the next year. Is he year, still yeah. playing somewhere? Uh, I believe he's in Europe somewhere. Okay. I think he won a championship last year in like the, oh, I could be wrong about this, but maybe like the Slovakian League or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's opportunities Great. to play hockey. Uh. <laughs> All right, 37. John Kalinske and Connor LeCouvier. It's the only choices, and it's hard because Connor LeCouvier had a phenomenal season as a goaltender in his one year at MSU. Um, and John Kalinske was a really solid player, I think, for three years here mm-hmm. before turning pro. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a lot. He killed penalties. He had speed. He, um, uh, So I'm probably going to go with John Kalinske. That's um, who I picked. Just because maybe – he was here longer or something. I don't know. They kind of had one, one good year. Um, probably had the most awkward uh, up on the big screen. They have all the players announcing themselves. Uh-huh. His was the most awkward of anybody <laughs> by far. I never understood why they didn't re-record that one. <laughs> but <laughs> Connor LeCouvier, goalie. <laughs> where, where, where is he from? Um, Somewhere in Canada. Anyway, yeah, it was super yeah. awkward. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, you only got two left. Thir- thir- and it, the, this one kind of doesn't count because we already did. Uh, Mike Zacharias is our number one, correct? Or, I believe no. so, yes. He's, he, he was somewhere earlier. Yeah. We both yeah. said he was the guy. The other guy is Jason Pulaski, goaltender. Yeah, who who didn't really have a great – I mean, if you're going to eliminate somebody we've already said, then – I guess you got to go with Pulowski, but I'd probably still go with Zacharias. If it was <laughs> if it was these two, the choice yeah, would, yeah. would be pretty obvious. Yeah. And finally, we've got uh, handsome Dan Tormey, <laughs> number forty nine. Oh, how I wish that would have been his nickname back when he was playing, <laughs> and I could we could have just all referred to him as handsome Dan. Uh, <laughs> He's the guy though that got that crazy injury. Yes, yes, he got his hand sliced open when he um, was playing against the Gophers uh, up at Mariucci. Um, and another one of my favorite stories of all time is the, he uh, he gets his hand cut really badly by, I believe, Blake Wheeler, um, who plays for the Winnipeg Jets now. Um, he has to come out of the game. The Mavericks, I believe, were killing a major penalty at the time um, or a five-on-three or something like that. So Zacharias had to come in. Uh, the Gophers end up like tying the game because they were they, the Mavericks were winning. And Zacharias is put in there ice cold. He has to kill this off. The Gophers tie the game, but then uh, the Gophers then take the lead, and then the Mavericks come back and tie the game. And if I remember correctly, it ends in a 5-5 tie. So crazy game. Starting goalie gets his hand sliced open. Backup comes in. Then it's a back-and-forth game. And I believe, if I remember right, one of my favorite Troy Judding stories is the – the uh, media, the assembled media at Mariucci Arena are talking to Judding before the Gopher players and coaches come out. And somebody asked Troy Judding if he thought, because it was a tie, because the Mavericks tied the Gophers, if he thought maybe the Gophers were off their game. To which Troy Judding replied, It's not like we play on double runners. <laughs> To which there was dead silence, <laughs> followed by the other end of the hallway. All right, Coach Lachia is out now. <laughs> the whole media goes down <laughs> to the other end of the ice. And Troy Judding looks at, I was still standing there, and he kind of looks at me and 
Paul Allen, the communications guy, and says, uh, do you think I should have said that? <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, yes, yeah. you should have, and yeah. it's going to be in tomorrow's paper. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the great quotes of all time because it was true. Like, it was not – I mean – It's a pretty insulting question. To some degree, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't always ask the, the most um, – perfectly crafted questions of our uh sources i'm sure you have can relate to that oh yeah um i sometimes get accused of talking my way into a question mm-hmm. in the mike hastings press conferences try to find my way there by by talking um so not everybody wants their questions uh broadcast necessarily especially mm-hmm. if they're not broadcasters um but that was a question it's just like it's there had to have been a a better way of asking a coach whose underdog team got a tie on the road, um, what they thought they did well to, to, to get that as opposed to what you thought the other team didn't do well. Yeah. Um, and we, it's not like we play on double runners. <laughs> so did the other media use that quote? I don't know. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. I, it's a great, it's a great quote. It is. Okay, well, we're going to wrap this up, Shane. Holy we're, cow. We're getting on two You're hours You're going to edit here. this down to uh, 45 minutes, right? Um, <laughs> you know, if, if, if I had those kind of skills, maybe, but no. Uh, it's going all in. So, hey, thank you very much for doing this, for indulging me in this uh, little experiment. This has been a lot of fun. Um, it was it was great to talk about some of these players I haven't thought about for a long time and to get your insight on those those guys so well it was much. fun it, it was a lot of fun it was fun to go down uh, memory lane there a little bit with with them and i i kind of sometimes can't believe that i remember some of the things that i can remember and i there's other things i wish i remembered more about certain players but mm-hmm. um definitely on that list were a lot of players who really stood out as uh, uh guys i like to watch guys i like to talk to guys i uh respected as far as their game goes guys who um I like to watch, but didn't necessarily like to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, kind of a little bit of everything, but yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. All right, and apologies to Ben Christofferson for saying I never heard of you. I, it, <laughs> I'm sure you were great, <laughs> fantastic. I just, you don't register with me, and, I, and no, no disrespect intended. So. Oh, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, you know, people. The fact that you remember, just even as a fan, as many players as you remember is is. Uh, is pretty impressive as well. So, um, but uh, there weren't very many players that I don't remember, and the ones that I don't remember are guys that I just said, "Yep, they were only here for a semester or a year, mm-hmm. didn't play much, um, uh, or a walk on, you know, transferred, whatever it might be." Um, but not not a lot. And the Mavericks are off this weekend. Off this weekend, and then next weekend they take on Alabama Huntsville. Alabama Huntsville. Is that a home series? That is home series. All right. We against expect, the Chargers. We expect all four listeners who are still with us to be at that game <laughs> cheering on uh, the home team. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Thank you, Shane. It's been a good time. Yeah. Good times. All right. All right.